Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, Andy Dugan, David Bush, Rob Patsky, Jory Webb, Kelly Breckner, Nate Edison, and Wes Anderson. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Star Wars fans, welcome back to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast for a new episode on this Father's Day 2020. Holly, you're not a father, but we can still celebrate Father's Day, am I right? Yeah. Did you celebrate your father today? I FaceTimed you him. You FaceTimed him. Did you get him anything? A little no. gift? No. My no. attention. That's, I think that's very generous of you, right? <laughs> Holly doesn't have a lot of time to give, so when she gives it, I mean, you're important, right? I'm a very busy person. You are a very busy person. Got a lot of stuff to do. That, hey, I, that's fair. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, but Holly, we do have a father on the podcast. We do. And it's not you who I claim to be the pod father today. I thought that was actually really funny. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely down. I don't. I hope everyone else liked it too. Okay, let's. Can we start calling me the Podfather? No, it's a one day only thing. Oh, just kidding. Well, Holly, we do have an actual father who yes. literally raises children to this day. Let's be clear: real children, real, real children, not pets. Well, also, also pets, pets, but like real humans that like depend on another human to survive actual people children i don't think i can handle that kind of responsibility but <laughs> luke happy father's day to you brother how are you doing oh doing pretty solid almost too many responsibilities <laughs> with the uh number of beings over here we've Ooh. got uh the two kids two dogs and a cat and uh yeah the missus and i have to keep ourselves going as well so a lot a lot of things to keep track of over here i mean we, yeah go ahead I've got a nice uh, beer to chill out for That's the evening. A collaboration brew. If you're mm. looking for a beer, it's like a nationwide, even worldwide. All together, it's called. My variety is from Rheingeist, a nice little IPA. Mm. And it uh, is for the pandemic. Uh, some proceeds go to support uh, you know, hospitality workers who are uh, laid off uh, due to all the closures of things. So... Yeah, pick it up if you see it. Well, that's freaking off. Well, now I can't make the joke I was going to make about the, the, the title of the... I was going to call it the Plandemic IPA from Ryan Geist, but now I can't, I can't make the joke yeah, now, Holly. it just doesn't sit right. It doesn't sit right because all proceeds are going to first responders. Wow, Mike, you're a real dick. Mm -hmm. and that goes well, against the slogan of the show, Holly. Don't be a dick. That's right. Or, as the guy said yesterday, don't be a sausage. Don't be a sausage. That was... <laughs> We're going to get into that here in a second. Um, but Luke, so is that is that like your reward for the day? Is it like at this point when you have like pretty much, let's call her a newborn and then a young toddler, um, is your is your Father's Day present just, honey, here's 30 minutes to yourself. Is that like what the gift is right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say uh, part of the gift is uh, 90 minutes or so to do a podcast. <laughs> I almost felt guilty following up with you today saying, Holly's like, hey, 
you probably should follow up with Luke. I know you said you talked to him Saturday, but maybe he forgot it's Father's Day. You should make sure it's cool. Uh, uh, I will say one gift I received the other day that um, really warmed my heart come was on. I'm, I'm reading the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker novelization right now. And uh, my wife usually goes to bed quite a bit before I do because she gets up a lot earlier for work than I do. Um, and I'm usually up, you know, doing some things around the house, uh, you know, folding laundry, doing some dishes or whatever. And then I usually spend a little bit of time before I go to bed uh, each night reading, usually a Star Wars novel nine times out of ten. Let's go. <laughs> or Star Wars comic. And I had left my book, my, my copy of the Rise of Skywalker novelization, in the bedroom. Um, mm. But before she went to bed, she made sure to put it out at the top of the stairs on the half wall so oh, I wouldn't have sweet. to go in to disturb her to get the book um, because I probably just sort of avoided doing that and just foregone reading for the evening because um, she's a really light sleeper but uh, she made sure to leave it out where I could get it uh, for my reading time before bed so that was like uh, I was like oh she cares that's that's that that story reminds me of another story you shared about the misses. At this point, I think you had a you were you were renting a, a, a Star Wars novel from the library and you had it on your nightstand and you came back and she's like, honey, hey, like I returned your books. and You're like, which one? <laughs> and so I feel like she's making up for that, you know, at this point and, and yeah, giving you some was, time. That was with. Uh, oh, the the book that came out um, before school. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, oh, yeah. What was Rise that? of the Resistance? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one. That, um, anyways, yeah, there was a miscommunication. She was like, oh, you remember that book you told me to take back to the library? I took it back. Uh, yeah, it was the wrong one. I was only like 80 pages into that. So then I, sw I, I called an audible and I switched to the, the audio book, which I think I just went ahead and purchased um, to finish out the book. So, yeah, I, I mean... She does her best. Hey, yeah. I think that's very kind of her. Holly, it sounds like it sounds like the elder household is really embracing Father's Day. Uh, Luke's enjoying a, a casual IPA there, a pandemic IPA. You and I uh, sharing a, a, a line in Google together. Okay. A little summer shandy. A little summer shandy. Enjoying the 90-degree weather here in Ohio when it, it's apparently 80 degrees uh, you know, in Alabama. Yeah, it's a lot cooler down there, I guess. Yeah, it should be on the beach, but we're not. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, well, happy Father's Day to all, including our very own Luke Elder. Uh, guys, in, in, in the spirit of Father's Day, I'm sure a lot of our conversation, I mean, we talk about family all the time, right, Holly? Mm -hmm. So it's our conversations, it always actually revolves around family and, and, and often fathers, but in the spirit of Father's Day, um, it's funny that we're talking about Star Wars Holly on Father's Day because when I think, you know, you know, great father figures, I don't necessarily think of Star Wars. I never think of Star Wars. Never. No. Just about, about Father's Day. You're, you just, uh, unless it's this <laughs> 90 minutes on a Sunday night, you're like, absolutely. I don't think. Yeah. Other it. than when we podcast, I'm like, yeah. Star what? Star Trek. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what the future holds? But no, I definitely do not think who would be a really good role model yeah. as a dad. Oh, somebody from Star Wars. 
Yeah, not I don't. not tip. Let's let's go. Who is a good father figure in Star Wars? Um, in my opinion, um, Bail Organa. That's a good one. Um, hmm. I mean, you can get con- controversial and say Han Solo. That's I don't cool. think that is true. Not your kind of father. I don't. After reading Bloodline, I'm like, I don't think the Han Ooh. was. I don't think. I just don't think he, that's that's not correct. That in Holly, uh, great segue, by the way. Great segue because we are we're gonna give Luke a little opportunity. Luke unfortunately couldn't make the book club because he was you know doing fatherly duties, and we're gonna give him a chance to kind of air out some of his thoughts on Bloodline, and some of which I'm sure involves a certain father figure. Yeah, Holly. Before we get I have to- a rebuttal to what I just said. <laughs> Han Solo, greatest dad ever. No. Um, You're a worthy opponent, self. <laughs> I think that not actually a father, but someone who was a father and a mother in Star Wars. Yeah. Maybe Shmi Skywalker. Come on. But let's go. Maybe you said get controversial. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think she had to play both roles yeah. and make a lot of hard decisions. So I think yeah. that she might actually get the award for maybe even just like best attempt at parenting yeah in star wars Un- i mean unless shmi was lying to us when she said anakin knows nothing of greed and he's he's selfless like i mean it sounds like she did a pretty decent job i until... don't think she was lying i don't either i mean what does she wh- why would she lie? unless she really just wanted to off the kid to the jedi like offload like he's a real terror this kid's a huge dick. <laughs> what a dick i swear he's the best he's an angel take him train him so I, who knows? Oh, little angel Annie. Oh my! Wow, you're sounding like Padme now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Luke, in the spirit of Father Day, Father's Day, I'm sure you, Father Day, Father's <laughs> Day, you have some, you know, some thoughts that include Han Solo, Han Solo in there. But I want, to, I want to allow you to get to your points on Bloodline. Um, I heard you had a couple pages of notes. <laughs> I did. I will throw in. I think real quick that. Uh, R2-D2, if droids could procreate, I think he'd be a cool dad. I think he'd be like a fun dad. <laughs> uh, he seems just like a fun guy. You he's know? got all the tools, I feel like, to yeah. for success, right? And he's been around. He knows some yeah. stuff. Wow. So he could be a father to a lot of droids that is what is you're saying. That is not Holly. what I meant. <laughs> I was just reading an issue of the Poe Dameron comic, kind of pretty deep into it, uh, in the timeline post-Last Jedi, where he's like, him and BB-8 are having this long conversation, and he feels oh. like a father figure to BB-8. So we'll, we'll oh my say. God, that's amazing! How how yeah. is that Poe Dameron comic? Is that something we need to dig into? I enjoy it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm almost to the end of the run. I've got a few issues left, and yeah, I've I've enjoyed. Um, you kind of get to see his involvement with the Resistance uh, before, you know, the events of the Force Awakens. So it's a good time. Yeah, you get what a little was- more detail. What Heck was yeah. the comic line that follows his parents? Shattered Empire. That's right. That's yeah. the one. I, I haven't read any of the Poe Dameron one, but I read a little bit of that one. And, and Yeah, I, from what I hear, Poe Dameron's extremely successful. It's it's a pretty long-running comic in, in new canon Star Wars Marvel stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I think... 30-some issues. Yeah. I, I mean, Dr. Aphra is one of the new ones that really took off and has been hitting it hard. I mean, you got the the staples. You got the Darth Vaders and stuff like that. But when we're talking kind of like newer characters, Aphra's up there. But Poe, from what I hear, has been pretty successful. I haven't 
touched an issue of it. I closest thing I've got to Poe Dameron is the Shattered Empire stuff where you kind of see his parents and and, and 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 where he ends up pretty much. I haven't read yeah. any of the Doctor Afra. No but content. Girl, we're going to. <laughs> girl, <laughs> like we're going to. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. That's okay. That's okay, and we're uh, we're gonna dig into that because it, it's that Marvel Unlimited app. You got everything oh, yeah. on there. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So like you complimented Holly for her earlier segue, and now we're like t- ten minutes into getting there finally. <laughs> <laughs> so let me talk about Bloodline now, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Great segue, Holly. You made it. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, I thought you know if anyone missed the um, listening to the the book club discussion. Um, and has read the book or doesn't care about certain spoilers and wants to listen anyways. I thought it was uh, fantastic. I went back and and listened to the discussion, and despite my pages of notes, uh, (laughs) so many people hit on all of them. Uh, You know, Brent, Jory, Paige, the two of you had had a really great discussion. Uh, So I don't want to rehash and relitigate everything that, that was discussed, I will. I, I do have one kind of question that I wondered, and I, I didn't find an answer to, and maybe I should Wikipedia check if there is an answer to it. Um, but I, I was left wondering, like, so many of the characters you meet who are part of the the Senate, the Galactic Senate, you know, you hear what planet they're from. Yeah. Kind of like what that planet's sort of about and stuff. So who who the hell is Leia representing in the Senate? Alderaan's Great point. destroyed. Gone. She's representing the the the, the honor of Alderaan. I don't know. Yeah, it's a great like question. The Alderanian just diaspora she yeah. represents because they talk about like there's certain lines about like oh how this will play on their home planet whether or not they'll get reelected. Yeah, but it never addresses like okay, Leo, what what planet or who are you representing? Are there like at large seats? Yeah. So I guess. Senate? Maybe a bigger question then is if you are in the Senate yeah. and your home planet is destroyed. Come on. Let's hope it's not. But yeah, but, if well, it I mean, does, let's hope it's not, yeah. but we know that. Starting to sound like, you know, happens. Tarkin here, Holly. I'm, <laughs> let's just say, hypothetically, <laughs> we destroy six planets. Let's just say. Okay. Let's just say. But six of those senators Come on. are not on their home planet. We execute them. We don't execute them. <laughs> They're not executed. However, yeah. I mean, what happens to them? Do they just get kicked out of the Senate because they don't have any people to represent RIP? But well, do they? I, I mean, billions of people died on Alderaan. Billions. But there were people off-world, too. We, we meet some of them. I can't recall names right now, but we meet some of them that actually, I mean, other than Leia. Mm. Um, but... We meet some of them, and you know they still need represented too. But maybe it's just like they were part of the Republic; their interest still needs to be served. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that she now has more time to focus on you know the galaxy at large and, and other and other worlds and their needs. Um, so it would probably seem kind of like a dick move to say, "Hey, you're out of here." I know you folks; you survived, you were off planet, and now you have no representation in in the Senate. I, I don't know. Luke, did you have any theories? That was my only theory that, yeah, she's representing the diaspora of Alderaan uh, for the survivors. Um, there is, I think, there's this Princess Leia comic run that was only like four issues that was really early in the new canon comic era. 
And I think it, 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 a lot of it's about her collecting that diaspora and organizing them and like yeah. saying we got to stick together because the uh, part of the plot is that the Empire is still trying to hunt them down and like eliminate yeah. all traces of Alderaan in a way. Uh, and I think at one point they get like a collection of ships and they kind of keep all those ships together and move around with it. So they're always like – so maybe that's what she's representing. Um, yeah. It, it, it doesn't really – impact the story it's just something i was left scratching my head about and wondering like certainly somebody you know claudia gray must have thought about this to some degree it's just never written yeah about leia and the way that it's written about other characters in the book that they have these concerns about re-election and how it's playing with the people that they represent the, the the positions that they take in the Senate. So it was just kind of funny to me that like you get that perspective about all these other characters and you don't get it about Leia and you don't get any mention of exactly what she represents. But again, it doesn't really in the end, like totally great story. You can focus on what's going on without it. It's just something that kept like, um, you know, it, I had in the back of my mind that I couldn't quite shake. Like what's the explanation here? It'd be interesting to find out, but maybe if somebody out there listening knows like, um, you know, give me a nice correction about what exactly that is. The second thing I had, um, which I kind of take umbrage with part of the conversation. Most of it was fantastic, but if I was there, I would have spoken up. There was some talk about like a romantic element between Sterfo and Leia. And what kind of ticks me off about that is, uh, I think it kind of takes away from Claudia Gray's brilliance in writing the relationship between these two characters. Yeah. They have, I think, one of the best, um, most intimate but platonic connection in a relationship I've ever read in a novel. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it was romantic at all in any way, shape, or form. And that's, like, I think a credit to Claudia Gray because I think that relationship, writing that relationship in a powerful way, is a more difficult task for a storyteller than, like, every story that contains a romantic relationship or 99 out of a hundred that contain a romantic relationship. And we kind of know that formula and know how it often goes. So to me, it, it would just showed her skill as a, as a crafter of the story to make what hit me as such a, like a powerful, intimate connection between two people on a purely non romantic, non sexual mm-hmm. basis, the way that they connected with their shared pains in their past um, which ultimately was part of the pain of the the Darth Vader revelation that that tore them apart to a degree, or at least for yeah. a time. Uh, so uh, I don't know if any of you thought about that. I know there were some comments made partially in in, in jest in about yeah. the romanticism between them, but yeah, because Michael called him the one that got away. Hey, here, <laughs> here's the thing, and that's that's the actual like for me, it was more kind of like in, in jest, kind of joking yeah. because i don't know hey han's away maybe things feel a little dangerous i don't know you know there's this really you know handsome italian uh as we know papa castelfo um that was spot on i was i mean it wasn't even an australian accent I, i'm working on it um but so for me it was a little more fun because i think what hit me most and i think i kind of mentioned this on the podcast is that it was so great to see people, you know, as as kind of as, as weird as Casterfo's obsession is with the Empire and, and it, 
it feels kind of wrong, but you understand what he's getting to. The fact that two people on two different sides of the aisle could see eye to eye on a lot and agree on a lot and find middle ground, and they did work so well together, and that's a lot of what Claudia Gray did so well is is their dynamic and their dialogue and, and just the way you could... And I just felt like you were there in the discussion with them and that it was so easily disrupted by the world around them. And it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's just so reminiscent of our world and our government and how we all agree on so much uh, to the core of it. A lot of us agree on a lot and we allow other things to really get in the way of that agreement to where we can be our most productive. We allow other things to get in the way um, you know, with social issues and God knows what else. But so I thought that was hugely impactful. And so the, the, the romance for me is kind of a joke. I, I mean, I, it, to me, some parts it was kind of hinted at, it could feel a little dangerous that she may be feeling a little a late something. night dinner, a bottle of wine, a bottle of, you know, Alderaan's finest and a couple meatballs, you know, maybe they're slurping spaghetti, you know, like gets lady a little ma- a tramp. lady, like exactly. Um, one's a lady, one's a tramp. One's a tra- who's who. I don't know. Uh, cause Terifo's definitely the tramp. Let's be honest. Um, but I don't know. So I, to me, it felt very real and, and it didn't, you know, as in like, I kind of, you know, explained it, it feels like the world around us. And it's unfortunate that these two people, you know, worked so well together in, in so many regards. And then ultimately the world around them didn't allow that to kind of take place. And that it's very unfortunate. It feels like it happens every day. And by the world around them didn't allow that to take place. Well, he meant he was murdered. Dun, dun, dun. Who done it? <laughs> um, God, a Star Wars true crime. Kind of like I keep saying investigative that we could do a thing. crossover. I I I think we need kind of like a Star Wars murder. The uh the ISB, you know, IS that that is the that's not the, the intelligence, right. yeah, right? That's the intelligence bureau, whoever they are. I think it's the ISB, if I recall. Yes, sir. Yes, Imperial Security Bureau. Yeah, I want some investigations. I want some, you know. I think thoughtful interrogations, I not being there tortured. There wouldn't be thoughtful interrogations, so it would be <laughs> a lot of we're going to coerce you into falsely confessing, well, and now we're going to murder you. The ISB was doing some good work behind the scenes. They were not. Wait, yeah. I don't believe it. That's okay. Um, so I totally agree with you, Luke. I think you know most of it was joking, um, but yeah, I, Holly. Anything else? Down I, I, I. You guys know how I feel about like strong characters and then stories getting turned into romance when like barf like I don't want that at all yeah so like I mean I say yes we're reading Dark Disciple but that's that's different because it's set up a certain way yeah it's the same thing that I felt about the whole Raylo come on like I want to vomit I cannot stand that just let Mm. these characters do their freaking thing yeah I don't know. It really bothers me when people try to like pull romance where there is yeah. no romance. And I'm like, you're completely missing the point. Yeah. And that's for me, I guess that I was going to bring up that same point. Cause I'm like, it's funny that I was so against a, a Ben Ray relationship. And then here I'm like, Hey, how about, you know, well, it is a little different yeah. because like Casterfo wasn't some torturing her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And murdering millions of people. Casterfo actually does the opposite, right? He, yeah. well, I mean, kind of selfishly, but at the end he's like, man, I really regret like voting for the death penalty. Yeah. But like, I mean, 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that he ever would be like, let's kill millions of innocent people for fun. Yeah, he's just so, into the mask of the Empire, right? The and helmet. It, yeah, that's the helmet when I say mask. mask. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, don't think he would actually pull that trigger. Mm-mm. Um, so, yeah, I found myself kind of in the, we're just right now being like, well, Michael, why were you so against, you know, something like that, but not, you know, in this novel? And to me, it's more, I guess, the audience that, you know, was probably introduced in The Force Awakens with Ray and Ben and, and maybe even that younger audience and, and them kind of, seeing something like that on screen could have an effect more so they're probably not going to read this novel. They're probably not going to pick up on, on that kind of thing until they get a little older, but I don't know. So for me, it was, I don't know. But if Leia and Castorfo had been closer in age, maybe, Hello. I, but I just feel like, I mean, Claudia Gray says that many yeah. times throughout the novel. She talks yeah. about like the age difference and yeah. how the age difference should have, no, that's oh. not what she says. She talks about the age difference and how the age difference is like, the reason why Leia felt like Caserfo like wouldn't make a move. Ooh. So yeah. that's fair. That's totally I fair. I don't know. Yeah. Uh Luke, any uh, anything else that you you know are really really itching at to talk about bloodline? No, like I said, you all you know covered so much ground and so many people brought up a lot of the stuff that that I had notated. Uh so yeah, like I said just uh encourage anyone who hasn't checked that out yet who, who has any interest in the, the novels uh, definitely check out the book club because that was a good addition absolutely in, in in the spirit of father's day an interesting um an interesting well there's many articles on it but an interesting quote came out today from uh this gentleman named uh, lev grossman um, who apparently wrote a Vanity Fair article on the rise of Skywalker. And then apparently he had some access to the actors, talked to Adam Driver a little bit. And uh, he's quoted as saying, uh, he said, um, speaking of Adam Driver, he said that both Han Solo and Leia were way too self-absorbed and into the idea of themselves as heroes to really be attentive parents in the way a young and tender Kylo Ren really needed. There wasn't really that much of an of it in the movies so i just think we have to assume his childhood sucked so that's not a direct quote from adam driver himself this is this author who talked to him quoting him pretty much saying hey we didn't have a whole lot of backstory on ben solo at the time so adam driver really was like a lot of actors do even mark hamill was doing it with his character this is where luke skywalker is in this moment and i really need to understand a lot of actors like having a backstory and if there isn't one creating one to really emanate that story and their character and, and, and you really want to feel that what they've been through and their dialogue and how they're presenting it. Um, so it sounds like how we're looking at that relationship with Ben Solo and Han and Leia is, is kind of where Adam driver was going with this, that, um, you know, Han's kind of reverting back to his old ways when things are getting a little tough or, uh, maybe he's just feeling a, a hole in, in something in himself and he needs to fill and Leia's kind of returning to her strength. And they even say that, I think in the force awakens, they mentioned, you know, we, we both needed to go back and, and find ourselves or whatever. So, um, Holly, is that surprising at all? I no. mean, not really. Right. We all suspected this was kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not surprised by that. Not surprised at all. I mean, in the spirit of Star Wars, you know, another not so great father figure um, in Han Solo. You know, ultimately, it seems like these fathers are somewhat redeemed, right? Like Han Solo, 
when it mattered, stepped up, went to try to go save his son and make things right. Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, spoiler alert, you know, turns back to the light and attempts to. But here's the thing. Yeah. Come on. If they hadn't have been crappy dads to begin with, (laughs) then none of it would have happened. Yeah. Maybe their children wouldn't have turned out so messed up. Right. So I'm like, are you actually redeemed if like, like at at what cost? Because now you've ruined the lives of your children. You've ruined other people's lives you've destroyed planets you've caused all these problems and that's your fault and so is you coming back and like being like oh i'm so sorry let me use this one final act to show you how sorry like does it actually really redeem you i don't know i'd actually like to get the opinion of the father in the in the discussion (laughs) because luke i mean you've got to be reading these stories and being like dear god my children are at a very impressionable age right now and every decision I make could ultimately determine their fate or their personality or, or, you know, their minds are just little sponges right now absorbing and all reading these stories. Are you, are you, does this kind of thing worry you? I mean, what's, what's going through your head? Yeah. Some, some real talk right here. I'll tell you, uh, (laughs) not, not to excuse what, what Leia or, or Han might have been like as parents, but also to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Uh, you have certain ideas, I think, going in your your pre-parent life about what it's like to be a parent. You've experienced it perhaps um, yourself have having parents. Uh, you might have people in your life um, who are close in age to you, just siblings, some kind of relatives mm-hmm. whatsoever, that... Um, are a little bit older than you and are experiencing it first and you're kind of witnessing it through them and how it, it changes them and how they're going through it. Um, and you formulate all these ideas about what it's going to be like as a parent, what you are going to be like as a parent. And then you actually become one. And, and there, are, <laughs> there are things that are hard about it that you didn't anticipate or ever really imagine. Or you saw other people struggle with and you thought, I'm not going to struggle with that. And then you do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really tough. You, you don't know how you're going to take it, how you're going to cope with it. And I, I think there are, there are p- children who rise above a bad upbringing, a bad, bad parents. Yeah. Um, there are people who, despite having every advantage of a really, strong home life, a strong support system from parents who, who fall and, and really struggle. So there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of intangibles that, that are hard to define about how, how a person's going to turn out. So I think, yeah, they might not have been perfect parents, but who is in that Ben Solo, uh, maybe uses them as too much of an excuse for his own struggles. Yeah. Cause it's easier, easier to blame them. And yeah. I think they clearly cared deeply about him from what we see of the events of the film, especially it all kind of comes to fruition in episode nine, uh, with, with Leia's outreach to, to Ben and mm. the vision he has about Han, uh, that he finally, realizes it um and that's i think the most important thing that you have people who as a parent who truly care even though they're going to be imperfect 
and make mistakes along the way. So maybe that's just to have everyone forgive me for my own uh, <laughs> parent that I have to take this stance. Uh, but that's kind of where my head is. Yeah. Luke, we all forgive you unless your child becomes an oppressor and <laughs> enslaves in, you know, half of the galaxy and right. uh, becomes, you know, a uh, dark Sith. Yeah, it's pretty unlikely that that will happen, Luke. So, But don't forget, Luke, don't mess up, okay? <laughs> but I think... The stakes are too high. <laughs> but yeah, I think that... You know, I think that for Han and Leia, I do think that they tried to do the best that they could. And, yeah. you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Looking back on it, I'm sure it's like, wow, these are all the things that I could have done differently yeah. that I didn't. But I also feel like kind of like throughout this storyline, they have conversations about how they need to be better parents and yeah. then they still fall short of that. Yeah. Even though they recognize it. But also, I mean, like Luke said, real talk, yeah. like there are certain things that children need in their lives to be able to grow up and have these secure relationships and be mm -hmm. confident and be, you know, able. Yeah. And I think that both Han and Leia were lacking that when they Absolutely. were growing up too. So they didn't really have, I know I said that I really liked Bail Organa as a yeah. dad, but ultimately like we know from reading the Leia book, him, you know, him and Bria, they both weren't around very much. Yeah. Um, so it's also true that if you don't have that and you're not actively like, I didn't get that as a child and I recognize that. So I'm going to do differently with my own child yeah. and really work on that. It's kind of hard to give your kid that. So, I mean, then we see that happen with Ben. Yeah. They tried, but Absolutely. they also had other responsibilities to the galaxy that they had yeah. to commit to that they had to put above raising their child. Yeah. And that's the child I'm sure in the moment doesn't, I mean, Leia doesn't. The begin the whole beginning of Leia, Princess of Alderaan. She's like this, and I I remember reading that the beginning of the book and being like, "This annoying brat! You have no idea what your parents are up against and what they're trying to do. This is for your future." I was so annoyed with her. I just wanted to scream at her, but she realizes that you know she just doesn't have necessarily all the information. But they've done such a solid job with you know. I don't know, just the way she, you know, it's very evident the way she kind of accepts it. And she doesn't accept all of it, I guess, you know, in the greatest when she initially learns about it. But it, it, it becomes, you know, her struggle then as well. And they're realizing we can actually include our daughter in this fight. And, and that's where, you, you know, you kind of, your children, I think, look at you a little differently too. You can, you can be part of the solution. I don't know. And we're talking about raising yeah. normal children. These are children yes. that are force sensitive. Oh, I know. Come on. Are they, they're the Queens, you know, the planets or who knows? Like they're these Jedi masters. It's yeah. just, it's insane. And Luke, I'm sure perspective changes with a second child, right? I mean, like you're like, this one survived. Like what can we do with this other one? I mean, right. <laughs> Yeah, there, <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things about the second go around, and, and and again, I've only experienced like you were saying earlier, my kids' approximate ages. I've only experienced life as a parent in the very early years. Yeah. So so going through you know a second round of of infancy mm. uh, was a lot less daunting the second time around than the first time around because you kind of know the deal. Um, and their needs are quite, uh, you know, a lot more basic yeah. than, than kids' needs as they grow older. When kids start to, 
you know, have lives outside of their home in the world as they get older yeah. and dealing with school and friendships and relationships and, and things and, and understanding the greater challenges in the world and society as they become more aware of politics and, and, and disparities in life. That those are a lot more like challenging things to guide somebody through. Yeah. Uh, than just like make sure they're clean, fed, warm yeah. enough, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, hugged enough. Th- those things are, are fairly straightforward. So doing that a second time around, uh, you know, is easy. As my son um, gets older, uh, you know, and his thoughts start to de- start to be more complex. Uh, and he can express himself more and ask more questions. And then you're trying to figure out how to talk to him about certain things. Those, <laughs> those things, yeah, they're a lot more complex to address yeah. than just like, I'm hungry. What can I eat? <laughs> yeah. Very so, true. Uh, that's, I think a lot of the, the, probably the relationship between Ben and his parents that we see, that we see mentioned in bloodline that you guys talked about in the book club, like the fact that they, they didn't tell him early on mm-hmm. about Vader being his grandfather, Anakin being his grandfather. Uh, you know, we look back on as an obvious error given how things yeah. turned out, but a situation where they, again, like giving the benefit of the doubt to the parent being one you want to be forgiven. Uh, yeah. I think they probably really struggled with how to, how to approach it. Yeah. The, the, they, they, they often don't learn the lessons of faith. And that's what's great about The Last Jedi. I know so many people don't like that movie, but it's all about failure. And I think we see that with Leia here. We see that with Han throughout a couple of novels. And I think including this one, it kind of represents his failures as well. But, you know, they've had experiences that weren't great. Luke, I mean, Luke straight up told Obi-Wan, why didn't you tell me the truth? Things would have been so much better if you just told me the truth. Yet, what, 30-some years later, doing the same thing. Yeah. Holding secrets. I mean, even Leia, I mean, she was so pissed that her parents, like, kept her out of the loop on it. And she yeah. was only 16, right? Yeah. 16 when they told her what was going on. Well, here we have Ben in his early 30s, and Leia still is like, no, he doesn't know. Like he yeah. can't know. Like now I have to tell him yeah. and I didn't want to tell him yeah. who his grandfather was yet. Cause it would shatter his world. Well, I mean, world shattered. And it's the same thing that she would have been so upset about. Yeah. And I sometimes it's little, it's too little too late and it's how you respond. You know, once you have that realization and that's obviously what happened with Luke and I think Leia too. And, and Han Solo as well. Then you have the complication of like how early on was Ben being manipulated oh by Snoke boy. anyway. So like that doesn't Come help on. with things. So maybe it could be that if he wasn't being manipulated yeah. by Snoke at that point, because yeah. it seems like that was happening earlier on based on the Rise of Kylo Ren comics, yeah. that, you know, maybe he would have turned out a little differently. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, I, I'll, I'll keep saying this for the next 20 years. I, that's the story I want. I want more of that. And I know we all kind of assume how things panned out. And we know his parents weren't great and Snoke tempted. I want to see it. I want to see it. Or I at least want to read about it um, because it's, you know, don't abandon the Skywalker story just yet. There's still a lot of story to be told. Um, so, and then, you know, even 
Ben himself, he's not a father, but he learns from his failures as well very quickly. And the rise of Skywalker, let's be honest, happened real fast. And, uh, you know, attempts, you know, redemption there. But I don't know. It's a story of failure, guys. And, and I can't even imagine Holly being a father. I, I can't imagine another human being, you know, depending on me for all of its needs. And it's fascinating that we're talking about all this because uh, my good buddy Thomas has been friends with for a long time uh, just told us last night that he and his wife are expecting this December and I'm so happy for them but it, and then Michael goes do you know what you're getting I, I well that that's me not knowing how to talk like a father <laughs> let's be honest um, but it's just it's it, it it blew my mind like one of my great buddies is having a baby like he's gonna be responsible for a little human and I mean, we were asking all sorts of questions, and then, like, I just jumped to, like, well, when are you going to let him get a cell phone, Thomas? It's just, like, so much more is going to happen before that, Mike. Like, that's 16 years later down the road, probably. So, to me, it's, you know, it. I'm sure until you're there, it doesn't seem so complex, and you f probably feel like you have all the answers. But like Luke said, like, you're just thrown into the pool, and you, you respond, you know, the best way you can, and maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll be able to respond to those needs. But for now, I'll let Luke tell me all about it. And um, I'm sure there's just going to be great memories being formed. And he can share it all with you here on the podcast. We'll think of it as a little father therapy session. Right, Holly? I mean, yeah, just sure. Just air it all out as much as you want, Luke. Bring your daddy you issues want. to the podcast. That's what Star Wars is about. <laughs> so, I mean, if we, can't, if we can't talk about it here, where can you talk about it? Other than, you know, a therapist. That is a great start. Absolutely. I think we've talked about the concept of therapist in the Star Wars universe yes. before. You know who would be the best therapist in Star Wars? Wicked. What? Yeah. No. That's what the Ewoks did after oh, the war. Oh, yeah. You've said that before. Yeah. Well, no, you go ahead. Oh, Holdo. She's just like so eccentric, oh, but yeah. I feel like she's very wise. Oh, yeah. And she just like great point. says all the right things. Also kind of weird. Super weird. Also kind of weird, right? Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. No, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd love some more story about her. Yeah, I would too. Why not? Why not? Why not? Well, let's be honest, guys. You know, the, the best father in Star Wars, I mean, Shmi Skywalker. <laughs> I, I, who else? I said it. Bail Organ. I, I, don't, I don't know. Luke, any other fathers ring out to you before we get off the topic of, you know, Father's Day? Yeah, I, I think the old one that we've talked about before that so many fans have talked about before is... Like Qui Gon seemed like a good father figure, Ooh, yeah. but obviously the the father who was uh, uh, cut cut out yeah. of the the boy's life unexpectedly tragic fail epic in the fail. what might the what might have been you know God yeah just a wise father I imagine but we'll never know we'll never know we'll never what that man I don't know I know Qui Gon learned a lot kind of in the netherworld of the force and, and learn paths that others hadn't. I just like, what else? What, I mean, would he have tapped into that sooner? Could he have shared that with him more? So I don't know. That's a whole nother discussion. That's a whole nother discussion. I think um, we should talk about it sometime though. We absolutely should. We don't talk enough about Qui-Gon. He's a, a great character and, and, I, just learning more and more every day about him, to be honest. Not Maybe not so much learning more about, but looking at things through a different lens. I mean, I know people gave some folks crap about, you know, um, Dave Filoni's comments about 
Anakin and the Duel of Fates and Qui-Gon. And I, I thought that was cool. Looking at things from a different perspective, a perspective that I had not really considered, like Qui-Gon raising this individual pretty much. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, I, I'm sure masters and their apprentice, like they're, they are probably more of a father figure. It just so happened uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin were more like brothers and, and their relationship was very different from uh, other other couples. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, whatever the age difference is yeah. and when you start training, right? Yeah. Because I think that you can also have that, like, big brother, little brother, or yeah. big sister, little sister. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, so you can either have that sibling relationship where, like, I'm going to take care of you as a sibling or that I'm going to take care of you as a parent. And I mm -hmm. think a lot of that probably depends on the background of your youngling that's yeah. coming in. Because yep. I think that something that I don't know it's hit or miss with the Jedi is how to approach those younglings when they're training them yeah I think that's somewhere where a lot of the Jedi masters kind of fail yeah is knowing the right way to train these younglings absolutely and, and let's be honest let's let's call it what it is if your Padawan or your apprentice is destined to become one of the greatest Sith Lords of all times you don't stand a chance it doesn't matter how many pancake breakfasts you throw for the kid. You don't stand a chance. That's his destiny. That's what Star Wars is all about. Choose your destiny. Your destiny lies with... It's all about destiny. If that was his destiny, Obi-Wan didn't stand a chance. Doesn't matter how many laser tricks you show him. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Laser sword tricks. I guess you could do a laser trick in Star Wars, but it really doesn't matter because he's destined to become darkness. And... Thank God Obi-Wan sliced him up a little bit to weaken him. I mean, God knows what we would have gotten with a full-on Sith Anakin Skywalker. Sans, you know, his machinery. Machinery. Whatever you want to call it. I don't know. He's a cyborg. Whatever. Um, <laughs> machinery works. I saw yeah. there was an interesting discussion that I saw today that people were having, and they were like, who... Like, who would win? I don't know. People, okay. Come on. People in the Star Wars community are, like, obsessed with, like, okay, if this Jedi battled this Jedi, yeah. who would win? Let's go. <laughs> who? But then, but this was um, Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Rey and Kylo. Jesus. I know. Why would you do that? There's, I mean. First of all. Yeah, come on. Who's going to, I want to know, first of all, who's going to win? Oh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah, of course. Hands yeah, down. Hands down. Hands down. And then someone was like, um... I think that Kylo and Rey would be able to beat Obi-Wan, yeah. like an older Obi-Wan by himself, yeah. but I don't think that they would be able to take down Anakin together. Yeah. No. No way. There's no way. As someone who frequents, you know, Battlefront um, and, and you know, dabbles in, in the hero modes, uh -huh. uh, Anakin Skywalker is unstoppable. And me, I great. I know I'm not the greatest Battlefront player, but if you're out on the field and Anakin's there, and it's God knows what level these people are at at this point, you know, <laughs> ten times where I am, he owns he owns the arena. He just does. Yeah, he's powerful. So Anakin in my eyes all day. Yeah, that checks out. At right, thank <laughs> confirmed, <laughs> confirmed here. It's canon. Um, well, I guess if no one has any other Father's Day discussions, we will move on. Um, some other interesting news. I'm super excited about this, and I can't wait to share it with these two. These, these guys have not heard any of this yet, um, at least the details of it. But 
Star Wars is releasing another from a certain point of view book, and it's focusing on the Empire Strikes Back. If you recall the original from a certain point of view, we got kind of side stories of, you know, not so prevalent characters in Star Wars or some prevalent characters in Star Wars, but stories that weren't highlighted, you know, the kind of in-between stories in the movie. And so we're getting another one of those for Empire. And some of these stories sound so freaking fascinating. It's just like they took the first one and they said, like, how, how can we, you know, just kick that book's butt? I, I think this is going to be fantastic. You guys mind if I share a couple? Please do. A couple of these. Okay. So the first story we have, uh, Austin Walker explores the unlikely partnership of bounty hunters Dengar and IG-88 as they pursue Han Solo. Ooh. Luke, I mean, <laughs> I, I can imagine the dialogue is going to be pretty interesting with these guys. Um, pretty graphic, I'm sure. But uh, how, how's that sound to you? This sounds great. I, I think like, you're right, Michael. The uh, the first of certain point of view filled in some really fascinating bits of the story. Yeah. Uh, and it sort of expanded on certain ideas in a really fun way. So uh, given just how much more expansive the the lore is an empire strikes back and the fact that you already haven't been introduced in the, to these characters before. And you can, you don't have to get the introductions. You can just get right to the heart of a lot of stuff. I think makes that it possible for this round to be even juicier than, than the first one. So, uh, that sounds cool. I know Dengar, you know, he's an old favorite cause he kind of looked yeah. sloppy and like he was, I don't know, like it, bandaged up from a lot of wounds <laughs> yeah. like that maybe he's not a very successful bounty hunter yeah because he looks like he's kind of um uh haphazard in a yeah. way uh so i think the the dynamic between him and, and ig88 could be kind of comical yes in a way uh so I, i'm hoping it plays a little bit on that from what i recall from dengar in the star wars main line of the new canon stuff the first the the first line, I think he he goes toe to toe with Chewbacca, and yeah, yeah. right, and he kicks him butt. I was surprised. It, like I picture Dengar like dragging one leg, right? Like he's this old vet who just like who he like he's all bandaged up, and I didn't see him being that mobile, but he kicks him butt with with Chewbacca. So I I, I also think, like you said, there could be some good comedy in here. Um, we got some good stuff with IG-11, so, I mean, if we're kind of expecting a similar kind of personality with 88, you know, we've seen some stuff with 88. There's there's comic books about him and New Canon stuff, and he's ruthless. I mean, he is in it for the kills. This isn't the bounty he's after. He's in it for how epic can I destroy these people, or I, it's a reputation that he wants to uphold. It's not. He's not really doing this for the bounties. It's for, you know, being a BA, so I, I'm... That's going to be awesome. So I, I could definitely am expecting some comedy as well. Um, I, I just, I can't wait to see that. And who knows that could, if it's, you know, an awesome story, who knows what we could get in an animated series or something, um, or even something like the Mandalorian with Dengar. I think that would be kind of cool as well. Um, and then our second one, this is, I think this is one that Holly's really going to take to, uh, I was like listening to your guys' conversation. On. I was like, Maybe it's the Summer Shandy, but I have no idea what you guys are talking about. That's okay. About. That's I don't okay. even know who Dengar is. I'm like, I'm glad you didn't come to me with that question because I'd be like, what? Here's here's what Holly here's and that's that is not a problem at all. 
that doesn't make you any less of a Star Wars fan because <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get all the hate now. No, Ugh. no, these two characters had seconds of airtime in Empire. They were they like Vader's talking or like it's a glance like they're in the background and people are just wow they look really cool. And well, they, I looked up I yeah. looked up I was like Dengar. I yeah. like Googled him real quick. I yeah. was like, who is that? And there's like the only picture of him is him way in the background. Yes. It's super blurry. Yes. That's how far away he is. I'm like, yeah. sometimes I don't know how you guys know all the names of these like little characters that have seconds of screen time and then we never hear of them again. Well, like Luke will, will be like, hey, remember that one person? I think she was blue and he'll be like, I know exactly who that was. <laughs> well, I don't know how. Luke's a freaking well, nature. So that's 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 how he does well, it. And there there was um there was some good EU stuff in the Legends yeah. era, uh, realm with Dangar. Uh he he was part of um the there's a bounty hunter series of books. Uh, yep. So you got uh, he was like kind of one of the main perspective characters of that I think too. And then uh, Holly, I think, and this predates my generation because I was never like I've, I, you know, now that I think about it, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever owned a full on Star Wars action figure, which sounds kind of crazy. Wow, <laughs> now I'm embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> but like, so I didn't grow up with Star Wars action figures, but so many of the people from kind of like the OT generation knew so many of these characters through the action figures because yeah. they made an action figure for like you know every character every character that got two seconds on screen yeah and people ate them up and, and so like that makes sense i think so much grew out of these these background uh you know seconds of footage characters because of that because people live with them in their homes yeah and read about them on the back of the packaging of the of the action figure and then it grew into like EU and stuff like that. So I think that's where it all stems from. A lot of it. I like that. Genius. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I am all for like learning about these new characters because some of them are like super fascinating. And I feel like the more people like want them, like if it starts with like an action figure and then people are like, no, give me more. Yeah. They're like, okay, here's more. So, I mean, that's super cool. It's a genius marketing strategy. And then it makes more content later on. If 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 you're like, wow, this, this guy looks cool. And you're telling me he's a mm-hmm. BA? Cool. I'm interested mm-hmm. in stories. Yeah, because I can say that, like, just from doing the book club, like, my favorite Star Wars books so far have been about the ones that, you know, they're not the characters from, like, yeah that you think of when you think of Star Wars. Nice. So. That's what I'm talking about. Well, t- t- tell me if this one tickles your fancy, okay. Holly, because I think it will. Um, Hank Green chronicles the life of a naturalist caring for tauntauns on the frozen world. <laughs> of hoth yeah i'm about that i actually think that i said that a tauntaun would be my preferred mode of transportation yes so (laughs) being from maine i think you would appreciate that right i could probably take it to maine i'm actually wondering if they took this idea from like a a, like a story in the life of holly walton because i mean you're quite the naturalist like i feel like there's probably plenty of animals up in maine that you attended to so I, I I feel like they very well could have taken this from the Chronicles of, of Holly Walton. Absolutely, 100%. No, I, I think that, I don't know, I like the stories that have, like, the animals and stuff and, like, the creatures of yeah. Star Wars in it. That's why I really, that's one of the reasons why I really appreciated Ezra's character. Yeah. Because he had, like, that connection to nature and to the world outside of, like, the only things that matter are these mm-hmm. creatures that are a little bit, more able to talk and start wars yeah. but like i don't know i think that that's cool so i would read that one yeah some of the more obscure story and that's what's cool because like 
there's really in-depth stories about Yoda and Obi-Wan and Luke and Leia's future in the first from a certain point of view. And then there's kind of more sillier ones or like, you know, we, we talked about, um, uh, was it Dax? Did we do the Dax? I can't remember, but there's just kind of obscure ones that you're like, it's not really necessary, but it's fascinating or the even silly ones. This mm -hmm. one probably gonna be one of the more sillier ones, but here's why it matters. Come on. Because we've said it a million times. Yeah. Star Wars and everything going on in Star yeah. Wars affected more than just Luke right. and Leia Absolutely. and Anakin and yeah. Obi-Wan. Like, there were more things at stake than just these people's lives. Absolutely. So, like, seeing it from outside of these people. Yeah. Like, I think it was Luke who was talking about one of the stories from uh, the first A Certain Point of View mm -hmm. um, that was from, God, now I don't know, somebody else's perspective yeah. about... Well, now I'm just rambling. I That's don't know. Okay. Anyway, oh, yeah. you told the one from um, the other pilot's yeah. point of view, and I just think that these are characters, like we said, that don't get a lot of time, but yeah. like kind of tie in these pieces. Because even though you see glimpses of these characters in the movies, we're building the universe out, yeah. right? You're making it bigger than the star than the Skywalkers. It's it's we want a bigger universe, and this is a way of expanding upon it, but with characters you're familiar with that you didn't even know you wanted we, this. Who knows? We may have never thought that we wanted this story about this naturalist. It may be one of the greatest star Wars stories ever, yeah. but Could be. and let's be honest, that individual is probably really worried about climate change on Hoth too. So, I mean, and he should be right. You know what? Yeah. It hit a hundred degrees in on Hoth. No, in the Arctic circle today. What? Yes. So oh, Hoth should have been worried too. Yeah. Well, wow. That really brought me down. Holly. I don't know if I can. Actually All right. Continue. Give us the next title. Okay. No jokes to break it up. No. Okay. Next <laughs> uh, item here. We have Tracy Dion. Tracy Dion uh, delves into the dark heart of the Dagobah cave where Luke confronts a terrifying vision. So we're going to a very familiar scene. It's very quick. Luke jumps in the cave and then here's something Vader in front of it's very a very quick scene for how such a huge impact it, it it's supposed to have on him so I don't know what more we can expect from this but maybe we'll learn a little more about just the cave itself and its history I don't know if we'll, we'll kind of like backtrack like that if we're only talking about things in the moment of Empire or if we'll learn a little more about this cave because Dagobah is full of dark energy. Yoda talks about that. And the cave, whew, that's the heart of darkness there. And he sends Luke there. I mean, that's insane. So what about this cave? What it is it, you know, was it calling out to him? Like, what is it that, I don't know. I'd love to learn more about this. So that I think that sounds uh, pretty interesting. And uh, an, here's another one that I think is going to be fascinating. Martha Wells reveals the world of the Ugnot clans who dwell in the depths of Cloud City. Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. Like Coruscant, right? There's this whole underworld. There's different communities. There's lots of things going on, right? We see that in... Mm -hmm. In, in in television shows and, and all that good stuff. But, like, Cloud City seems like a amazing place to live. What about from the perspective of the Ugnaughts that, you know, are kind of tied to these masters of theirs? Like, what are they thinking? 
Like, is there any revolt? Is there, I, or what are they scheming? Like, or what, is there a hierarchy there? I don't, I want to know more about it. I didn't think I did, but now you're telling me that this, I want to know more. Holly, I mean, are you interested more? Yes. I mean. Oh yeah, I'm, first of all, 100% on the side of the Ugnaughts. Let's go. Don't Preach. get it twisted. Come on. But, I don't know, maybe we have some sort of like jedi washed history of star wars and we need to know the truth we've seen ugnaughts with laser swords and it doesn't seem like it's probably at least this ugnaught that we saw in the comic book didn't seem to handle that laser sword very well luke did you know you wanted so much story about ugnaughts (laughs) well i think there would definitely be more fervor for this with the success of Mm -hmm. quill and the the mandalorian uh, to just learn more about Ugnaughts. And there's some great Ugnaught stuff in uh, in Rebels. I think yeah. that doesn't get yep. enough um, play. The, the, the comedy of uh, uh, Hondo mm. and the Ugnaughts in, in Rebels is some, yes. of, yeah. some of my favorite um, sort of comedic moments in that series or really any other Star Wars series. Uh, so, yeah, learning more about Ugnaughts uh, will be cool. I know Jory did this in the... Uh, in the last book club, and who doesn't love or hate a good uh, Harry Potter reference on Come a Star on, Wars let's podcast? Go. But I get a real kind of house elf vibe from the the social dynamic. Good call. Uh, the social structure uh, that they maybe they seem like they are an underclass who uh, is only stuck on like trash duty or yeah. freezing a guy duty. Yeah. Uh, on Cloud City, you know the the tough. Uh, jobs that nobody else wants they they fill in mm. uh so yeah like holly was saying you could get kind of a story of their uh oppression almost yeah or you know not, not to say that they're all um sympathetic characters the way they threw around the parts of c-3po and uh yeah chewy was trying to save him from going the incinerator that that wasn't cool great but, callback uh, <laughs> I, I, i'm sure there's, there's some the dick ugnots yeah uh, Absolutely, yeah. Not not everyone's gonna be lovable. Guys, listen. All I'm saying is that if I were treated the way that the Ugnaughts were, I'd probably be a big dick too. Yeah, I wow. would probably just be so spiteful. I could not agree more. Thank you. I, I absolutely think you would be. Thank you. And if we're talking about house elves, guys, I, I one comes to mind: Dobby. Um, oh, Harry Potter, sir. You know, I have a cup of milk. I uh, actually used to have do a great Dobby mm-hmm. back when I watched the movie like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, but this is a Star Wars podcast. You're right. Also. I'll hold the Dobby references and impersonations for Swish and Flick. Perfect. So if you're listening, Swish and Flick, uh, I can offer my services mm-hmm. whenever you need. Yeah, we're not big fans of J.K. Rowling right now, so. Wow, topical. You're right. There's some there's some issues there we won't get into. But, guys, second to last here in the stories from a certain point of view, we have Mark Oshiro. I think I got that right. Uh, recounts the. Okay, guys. I, let, me, let me preface this. Are you sweating? This. Always. Always. Are sw- you nervous about pronouncing this? Uh, I am nervous about speaking at all times, Holly. <laughs> so if, if you have not, you know, picked up on that since we started, I'm doing something right or not. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but this, before I re, you know, reveal this one, I just feel like this is going to be the saddest story oh, no. of all of them. And rightfully so. But Mark Oshiro, Oshiro recounts the Wampus tragic tale of loss and survival. A story 
that maybe some would laugh at, you know, Luke Skywalker, you know, slashes the limb. You're just like, oh, he deserved it. He's this animal. He's just out there trying to survive. And if you're on Hoth and everything around you is frozen and this juicy little teenager shows up, you're going to try to eat him too. Yeah. Okay? Like, that's just going to happen. He's just out there trying to survive. I think we're going to tap into this Wampa's feelings. I think this one's going to pull the heartstrings. Luke, are you agreeing here? I got to say, I hope it's it grabs me more than the Dianoga story from yeah. a certain point of view for A New Hope. Come on. That one, um, you know, that's the trash compactor monster. Yeah. And uh, there's a story in there. I think it was one of the longer ones in terms of page count. Uh, and it was from the perspective of the Dianoga who was, like, captured by the Imperials and then on like a swamp world and then put inside the trash compactor or the death star, mm -hmm. which is kind of a cool concept, but it like, it went on for a really long time. And I, I think it was the only story in that book that I didn't read the whole thing. I was like, I just can't, I just can't take <laughs> any more. That's fair. Of the, the inner monologue of the Dianoga. <laughs> so I'm hoping it, uh, it uh, is better than that in terms of the Wampa, at least for my enjoyment. I'm sure there's people out there who really love the uh, the Dianoga story and uh, A New Hope, a certain point of view. That's yeah. fair. Holly, I'm actually kind of scared to get your opinion on this <laughs> one because at one point, uh, I think I recall you mentioning that maybe we should get a Wampa rug or a rug that, you know, looks like a Wampa. So I, I don't know, you know, if you're really feeling this one, if you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, just let's, let's, let's butcher it. Let's skin it. Let's make a rug out of him. Well, I, I mean, he's probably mm -hmm. going back to his cave and licking his wounds and just thinking, I got a family to, to, to feed. Okay. So Come let on. me just clarify. I'm a vegetarian. Let's I'm anti-poaching. <laughs> I am anti-shooting things for fun. And also, I'm pro the concept that if yeah. you go outside, you will find animals. Come on. And if you are dicking around in an animal's territory, yeah. it's probably going to come after you. Yes. And rightfully so. You're absolutely right. So I actually 100% would be on the side of the wampa. Yeah. Even though Luke has said that my pink blanket looks like a pink <laughs> wampa yes. skin fur. And then you said I wanted to get yeah. the Wampa rug. Listen, yeah. Ikea sells a lot of fake sheepskin rugs. rugs. So if I yep. ever say I want a Wampa rug, it's going to be a faux Wampa rug. Not freshly skinned. Not a freshly skinned Wampa rug. Totally faux. I, 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 think I, I think I believe you. Okay, good. I'm I glad it was I convincing. You. you absolutely are. And, I, you know, you, you care for all, you know, wildlife. And, and, I mean, it could be a deer. It could be a squirrel. It could be a wampa. I think I think you understand that, you know, they have feelings, too. They have a family they got to provide here's for. Here's the thing. Some people will be like, Holly, it's just a movie. Like, chill out. Right? <laughs> Listen. Yeah. There was one episode of Rebels Come on. that we were watching where Hera goes yeah. to get the new ship. And she's on the landing pad. And she takes it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that creature comes yeah. out of nowhere and they just take yeah. the creature down. Oh, yeah. That happened in resistance so much. Like, like, why? Why Why do we have to destroy all these animals? Is that what I'm thinking of? Not rebels? No, you're thinking. No, you're absolutely right. happened to rebels. And, yeah. then, and then in Fallen Order, they're yeah. like, these yeah. poor animals, you like walk by them and it's like, kill it. Kill well, it. Let's, kill it. Let's be honest. I, when, when I'm playing Fallen Order, I just tend to run around those things. 
And Holly calls me out. She's like, you need to up your skills, Michael. Come on, murder that thing. No, so, they encourage yeah. it, though. They do. No, you're right. That I actually am surprised how much they encourage that. But that look, game. then what's going to yeah. happen is some kid's going to go out and he's going to be like killing all yeah. these like little animals. Not yeah. like maybe not animals. Okay. Yeah. But like little bugs and stuff yeah. for no reason. Yep. And he's going to be like, well, Cal did it. Yeah, Cal did it. He's God. out there whipping out his laser, laser sword. That's and, what she said. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. For the record, I do play like games like Call of Duty yes. and Battlefront and yep. Battlefield and things like that. And I like those shoot 'em up games. Yeah. But sometimes, okay. especially in kids' shows, I don't always appreciate the murdering of the innocent animals. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And if you're sitting here and you're calling Holly soft, you're wrong. Oh, way wrong. <laughs> I mean, just play Call of Duty with her <laughs> online once and uh, you'll see there's a you'll difference. You'll never do on. it again. Never again. Never again. But and the other thing, like, if the. Listen here, Rebellion. Like, what do you expect? You're going to this planet you probably know nothing about. Right. And you're just sitting there building this base, you know, destroying people's caves, like Wampa Caves. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's going to happen. And listen. It's going to happen. Let me tell you a story. Come on. We're, Real this quick. is the best. Just I love like, it. <laughs> a really quick story. A quick Wampa story. Okay. Just like to make it short and sweet, Phrasing. you know, a long time ago when Neanderthal us were sitting around wow. some fires. This is sounding real hot. <laughs> and we're feeding the wolves, and now suddenly, 36,000 years later, we have domesticated dogs. We have sometimes, chihuahuas. Yeah. Sometimes it pays to get to know the local wildlife. So think if they had domesticated a wampa. How wicked would that be? I mean, look, the empire wouldn't come knocking on their door. That's well, I for mean, sure. They would try, but yeah, I don't Well, know. I think they actually came in and destroyed them. But they just obliterate the planet instead pretty much pretty much um then there's shards of ice everywhere uh then guys our last one here um seth dickinson interrogates the cost of serving a ruthless empire aboard the bridge of a doomed imperial starship so you know not a whole lot of detail on there but um I'm always down to to hear more about the empire and what these people are going through i i just I find it fascinating. Are you an empire sympathizer? No, I just, I don't know. You we don't know. I'm torn. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. But here's the thing. We think about, well, yeah, cool. We destroyed the, I'm talking as if this is real life. You know who right? else was torn, Michael? Yeah. The centrist. Slam on me. Jeez. So we talk about the Death Star and it's awesome. Luke blew it up. Heck yeah. Rebellion wins. But it's like there were millions of people on there. And so, like, when the Star Destroyer is going down, and you, Holly, you'll find this in Lost Stars when you read that book. I mean, sometimes there's some love involved, too, and they have lives. And it's like, God, there's just, it's it's so much more complex than, like, the movie leads us to believe. So it's, I'm always down to hear the Empire side of things, especially when things aren't going so great. Like, are people having moments of regret? Are there people like Ray Sloan, who we'll talk about here in a second, for a little bit, um, who are all empire, no matter what, and don't seem to have any regrets. So I, I, I'm, I'm all for hearing more about, like, maybe even in their final moments, but, like, what's going to happen to some of these folks when things aren't looking so great? You know, they could have defected, and then they wouldn't be in that They absolutely situation. could. Luke, are you a man that is interested in learning more about, you know, life and the empire on a day-to-day -day basis? That's been a major theme of uh, so much of the, the new canon novels is really a lot of Empire perspective stuff. Like you said, a ton in Lost Stars mm. really delves into that whole Death Star 
thing and what brings people to have been serving on there. So I think there's there's a, there's an interest in that story and um, Alphabet Squadron de- deals with that a lot. What Holly yeah. just talked about the the choice to defect or not and when you do that or when you don't. Yeah, that plays that plays a big part in uh, in Alphabet Squadron. Uh, so. I think it's there's a lot of interesting storytelling that's available uh, in that avenue. Absolutely, yeah. Who maybe people are having families on these star destroyers? I don't know. Who knows? Um, but I'm always down. Yeah, I you know they they kind of set us up in um, episode nine to kind of learn more about the people who defected from the first order too, because we come, come across a whole I mean planet full yeah. of defector defect defectees yeah. defectors yeah or yeah sure yeah but i don't know so i mean i think that the stories are there absolutely yeah no i'm all, i'm always down to learn more about the empire and i think that's what's so great about a lot of the new canon stuff we're getting like luke said it's just it's full of it and it makes it you know it makes the storytelling that much more interesting and it it opens up that many more stories yep. and it makes having conversations like this that much more complex because you're like, wow, these are people too. And some of these people just were trying to have a life and they didn't necessarily care what was going on. They just needed a job. (laughs) And sometimes it just came down to that. So I I don't know. It's interesting. It it makes interesting conversation. Um, And guys, before we go, I mean, there's a little game called Rogue Squadron. Wait, Rogue Squadron. That already came out a long time ago, Mm -hmm. though. You may kind of have a a similar vibe uh, to Star Wars Squadrons. Um, We all here have seen the trailers. Um, Obviously, the multiplayer stuff looked cool. The game looked fascinating. I did a reaction. I was blown away. I'm a little concerned, Holly, about the volume of asteroids that there appear to be in space during this game, and uh, we all know that's bad news for me. Listen, you remember that game on the Nintendo where you had to, like, dodge the different asteroids? And shoot them and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just like that, but with better graphics. Well. <laughs> and blasters that work. Well, here's the thing, though. You didn't have people online who play this game day in and day out owning you while you're dodging those so it's a little different but i'm yeah that's me i'm dodging that's that's what it is it's the first person like dodging those asteroids and and then i get pwned i get (laughs) owned like it's insane we already know how this is gonna michael hasn't finished fallen order and now he's talking about starting a new game tell everyone that (laughs) um so it looked awesome the graphics look great uh, there's even little bobbleheads and stuff that look so sick. Like you actually can personalize your cockpit and your entire board there in front of you. It, it, it all matters and is informative. I think that's going to be awesome, but I'm interested to hear like what we're going to get campaign wise. Cause I thought that was kind of interesting that we're getting a campaign here. Um, game only appears to be $40. I'm sure a lot of technology from battlefront and all they've done in starfighter modes coming into this, but what kind of a campaign are we going to get here? We saw, what appears to be Ray Sloan. I even think we saw Wedge. It appears we see Hera. So there's big characters in here. A lot of times we see them kind of like combat planning and stuff like that. So I don't know, you know, where if we're going to dig into a lot of story here. But uh, Luke, do you see us learning anything, you know, new in this campaign? Or are we just getting to know five pilots and maybe they have a little bit of story, but I, I, what are you expecting from a campaign mode? I don't know if you'll even get to play it, but you can surely <laughs> come over here and play it. But what, are you expecting any new story here? Yeah, I have to say 
you know, a little background, and I shared this with Michael the other day. We were talking about it when the trailer dropped. Uh, I've been out of the video game uh, arena for a while. I don't know, six, seven plus years since I last had a working game system in the house. Uh, I kind of just wasn't my thing anymore, uh, and I let it go. But my heyday really for for video games and probably the video game I was most excited ever about it its release was uh, uh, the Nintendo GameCube era was like my era of, of most playing games probably and one of the launch games that came out with that it came out Christmas 2001 I want to say mm. uh, was uh, the sequel to the N64 Rogue Squadron game Rogue Squadron 2 mm. Rogue Leader and uh, I was just so so looking forward to the GameCube coming out and that being one of the launch games and I ended up getting it for Christmas and just played it I don't know how many hours uh, over and over again uh, so when when it dropped that they're doing a full-on you know Rogue Squadron type Starfighter game again that really piques my interest so I'm going to have to like invite myself over yes. uh, <laughs> a bunch when it comes out uh, but story-wise, really a lot of cool potential to, to tie in more. I think it's really satisfying for for junkies of the canon when there are more tie-ins. And given the time space is taking place in, as far as I understand, shortly after Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and that overlaps with Aftermath, overlaps with Alphabet Squadron, especially hinted at that the story is going to overlap with those um, stories, given the, some of the character reveals you were mentioning. Yeah. So that'll be really fun if, if it ties in. I think a lot of the characters we'll get as the main characters who are the sort of perspective story characters will be new and fresh like we tend to, to get with these scenarios, but they'll be connected and tying into these other established characters. Absolutely. And Luke, we're already planning out Father's Day 2021 <laughs> for you to come over, just have a day to game. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, I agree. Like, And I think I'm most curious to hear about Hera. I think if, if that's her, like, is that her? It, I don't know. I, everyone's saying it is. So I, I haven't necessarily seen Star Wars come out and say, Hey, there's Hera, there's Ray Sloan. I mean, it looks just like them, but I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what she's, I mean, we know she fought at the Battle Endor. Mm -hmm. We know that. Um, are we going to actually get glimpses of the space battles like during that time and like immediately like the second Death Star blows up? Okay, like we got to finish off these ties. Like, are we going to get cool. that kind of stuff, right? Um, so I'm, I'm curious cause we kind of know, we know ultimately what Ray Sloan does, but yeah, there's, there's bits and pieces we need to fill in and that's what this game will probably do. Holly, you saw the trailer. Well, now that you guys are talking, there's Come on. stuff that you guys are talking about that I didn't see. So maybe I watched Nobody the Nobody did the first time. Nobody no, saw that stuff I mean, the first time. Okay. You're good. I just like, I don't know. There were like a bunch of different trailers that are out there that Star Wars like put out there and I only watched one. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't impressed. So Wow. But it's also not my kind of game. Like I yeah. this is not a game that I would be like, Oh, I want to pick that up and play yeah. it. So I don't But you will because you're on a Star Wars podcast. Sure. So but yeah. I just like this isn't really my kind of game. So yeah. I guess like I don't know what I would want from like the campaign side of things. No, and that's fair. I, I think, like, Fallen Order was your bread and butter. Yeah. When I, Holly yeah. games, that's what she's going for, that kind of... Uh, Open um, world. Yeah, but what's the, the, the gaming, the, the series you like a lot? Zelda? Well, that. Oh, but, I don't know. Um, 
the Assassin's Creed. Oh, Assassin's Creed, yeah. Yeah, that's your kind of like bread and butter and that. So I think that definitely hit your needs. And then, I mean, a lot of Star Wars gaming is built with space battles and stuff. And it's like they've kind of gotten away from that a lot. Um, so getting back into it, I think it's it's cool. And I, like I said, I suck at Starfighter <laughs> mode. And I'm going to get on there and practice because I'm sure it's going to kind of feel like that. Um, especially the, when you're in the cockpit, like I suck at that. I got to be that kind of third person perspective when you're outside of the ship yeah. and you can see how you're moving, but man, this is, it's going to be tough. So I'm going to get some practice in here, but I'm super excited. I cannot believe we're getting a star Wars game this quickly. Um, so I mean, I, they've got momentum going battlefronts. Oh, yeah. It's. We're still in the pandemic, so Great what point. else are we going to do? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it sounds like they've been planning this for a while. We heard about Project Maverick for a while. Um, but, I mean, with, you know, Battlefront 2 success and all the updates and how good it's been and Fallen Order is just a huge hit, like, they got some momentum going now. So it's cool that they're pushing out content. And, and but, I mean, this is a cheaper game. It's thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. And apparently there's no, like like buying in things, add-on, stuff like that. It's the game, and I'm sure they'll do updates later on, but, like, it's your skills that kind of advance you, and that's cool. That's what we've wanted for a long time. So it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. It's an exciting time to be a Star Wars gamer fan. Um, so, so much more to, to come, and, I, I mean, we haven't, guys, we haven't even talked about Mandalorian galleries or any of that stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that at a later time, but I just kind of thought – you know, talking a little bit about, you know, fathers and Star Wars and, and what's to come in the Empire uh, from a certain point of view. I thought that was some fun conversation. And I know all of our listeners are looking forward to squadrons. A lot of guys talking about it. I mentioned maybe we need to get our own flying casual squad up and ready to go. Um, Brent and I were talking about what if you could even like create your own like squad logo and name. And so that would be so sick. And I'm hoping we can do that. Um, that would be a ton of fun. Um, so speaking of that group, group is on fire, fire right now. Um, it, somebody posted, I think it was Wade maybe posted a meme uh, that's kind of gone around. Uh, what was it? Holly, uh, give a quote in star Wars, but change one word with sausage and uh, probably the biggest thread. Yeah. That's I was going to read some of those. I know we're running a little bit short True. on time, so I think we'll wait until yeah. next, the next episode and i'll read some of the responses can, that were really funny to that we, or just get in the group and yeah. read it yourself can we pick a top five sausage quotes in star wars yeah we can do that a flying casual top five sausages no we can't call it that we but can. we can we can pick yeah. our favorite quotes okay to replace a okay. word with sausage we'll think we of a won't call one. it our top five sausages top five sausages um, we won't call it that. We'll think of something more clever, but, uh, <laughs> God, that was a fun thread. You guys are, are clever and it's, uh, it's just so enjoyable getting to get to talk to everyone in there. So if, you know, if you're looking for fun and getting sweaty with some fans and, and having a good time, you know, if you haven't checked out that group already, go do that. Um, Jory also sent us an email that we didn't get around to. So Jory, we are going to get to that. Um, so we will, we will discuss his, his, his topics and theories. Um, we just, we had a lot to talk about tonight. Get to it, but we'll get to it soon. Um, what else is going on, Holly? We announced the second, Oh, the new book, the new, the new book club. Yeah. Um, is dark disciple, dark disciple, a favorite <laughs> here in flying casual. And I'm already will, halfway through it. Let's so. go. So uh, <laughs> initial thoughts. Can we get them? Oh, I like it. I think it's a really quick read. I think yeah. it's really entertaining. 
I think that there's a lot of fun wit and back and forth. Yeah. Um, very, to me, kind of similar to the same back and forth that Han and Leia have yeah. um, in the original trilogy. So I really enjoy that kind of like sarcastic banter. Yeah. Um, so this one's been a fun one. Good. So far. I know Luke's excited. He's smiling. He's, he loved this one as did I. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Um, well guys get to read in dark disciple. Um, I think probably around mid July we'll, we'll do another book club. We'll announce that here shortly once we get a hard date and I have confirmed our two competitors in the upcoming trivia trials. It's also going to take place around mid July. Wes is confirmed. Nate is confirmed. Um, two, two great guys in the, in the flying casual family. I cannot wait to, 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 to have them duke it out. And what's the movie? Our movie solo, and it's it's gonna be great. Uh, there's there's so much good stuff in solo. I can't wait to watch it over and over again to write trivia for it, and it's gonna be great because we have such nice guys and gals in our Star Wars family here. But but Wes and, and Nate are, are a couple of gentlemen, and so I'm gonna have to really pull it out and talk a little trash, you know, make it a little can you know competitive. Um, but a couple of nice guys, just a, a thrill to have them on here. So I can't wait to start writing trivia and, and getting these guys prepped for it. It's going to be a good time. So stay tuned for all that stuff, guys. Um, and, uh, you know, happy Father's Day to all you guys out there and, and, and all you fathers-to-be. And moms who are taking the roles Absolutely. of the dads. Come on. When they're drinking beers and talking Star Wars, Luke, no offense. But, uh, guys, it's been... A hell of a ride. I hope you had a good time with us. Um, I don't have any closing words, Holly. Any mm. Father's Day advice? I have none. Just be a good one, right? Hopefully. Be a good one. Be a good <laughs> father. We'll see you guys next week. May the Force be with you.